And I believe you can get people to do anything if you know how to do it. The lady was the headmistress of an all-girls school, teenage girls, and she had a problem. They were going in the restroom, putting on their lipstick and blotting it against the mirror. She asked them not to do that, and they did it again the next day. She called them in and said, don't do that. It causes the janitor a great deal of extra work. But the next day, she looked, and they had blotted their lipstick on the mirror. So she decided she'd have a meeting and get the point across. She called a meeting of all the girls in the restroom. She said, I want you to see what the janitor has to do to clean this mirror. He came in with his mop, dipped it in the commode, and cleaned the mirror. And she never had any more trouble with lipstick on the mirror after that. You can lead a horse to water, and you can't make him drink, but you can put enough salt in his corn to make him want to drink when he gets there. And that's what I'm trying to do in preaching the gospel. If you're here and not a Christian, I can't force you to be a Christian, and God won't. If you're a wayward child of God, I can't force you to come back, and God won't. If you're a fairly faithful member of the church, I can't force you to do better or to increase your work in the Lord's service, and God won't. You have that choice, but I'd like to put enough salt in your corn to make you want to drink of the water of life freely. Our first lesson tonight is about a man after God's own heart. If I mention the name of David, some of you would automatically think about his being the king. Some of you might think of him as being a warrior. Especially you young people might think of him meeting the giant Goliath. It would be easy to think of David concerning the outlandish sins that he committed. And yet, Acts 13 and 22 says that David was a man after God's own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. God speaking, David is a man after my own heart, who shall fulfill all my will. A man. After God's own heart. I want you to think with you about two things tonight. First, consider the statement that David was a man. He was not God. He was not on the level with God. 1 Corinthians 11.3 gives that hierarchy. Man is the head of the wife. Christ is the head of man. And God is the head of Christ. Man is not God. Sometimes some men get to thinking as if they were. There have been emperors that even called themselves God and had people bow down to them, but no man is God. When Peter came to the household of Cornelius, Cornelius bowed down before Peter, and Peter said, Get up. I myself also am a man. David was not God. In the second place, David was not an angel. Psalms 8 and verse 5 says that man is made a little lower than the angels. And 1 Corinthians 15:40 says there are celestial beings, that's the angels, and there are terrestrial beings, that's the humans. 
Now, one man said he thought he married an angel. She was always up in the air harping and never had an earthly thing to wear. But that's about the closest that anyone's ever come to being an angel, I suppose, because none of us are angels. We are not heavenly beings. We are humans made in the image of God, but involved in a world of sin because of what happened in the Garden of Eden. We are not angels. David was not an angel. David was a man. He was not an animal. You see, God created everything, and he created it in a special way. He brought the earth, the mineral kingdom, into existence, and then he brought the plant kingdom into existence that depends upon the minerals. Then he brought the animals into existence that depend upon the plants and the minerals. And then he brought man into existence that depends upon all of those. And in the same sense that he made man a little lower than the angels, he made man higher than all other parts of his creation on this earth. He saved the making of man till last. And there in that first chapter of Genesis, the second chapter where he discusses all of this, all the animals came before Adam. He let Adam name them. And he gave Adam dominion over them. You and I are not... Like some say, Rover, and when he's dead, he's dead all over. That's not the case. Animals do not have souls, but we do. Humans are the only part of God's creation made in the image of God, so promised in Genesis 1. And by the way, when you get to feeling sorry for yourself and think that you're not worth anything, just remember you're made in the image of God, and God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't make anything second class. I think at the same time that we're interested in suggesting that teaching there in Romans 12, 3, not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, you need to be sure you don't think more lowly of yourself than you should think. We're not as high as the angels, but we're not as low as the angels, as the animals. In fact, in John 4, 23, That verse just before it says, Worship God in spirit and truth, it talks about God's relationship to man and said, He seeketh such to worship Him. We as humans are the only part of this earth that have the ability to worship God. All the heavens declare the glory of God, and even the animals declare the glory of God. But we as humans, we as men and women, and man is used generically speaking in many instances to refer to the human race, we were made in the image of God. We are not God, we are not angels, and we are not animals. David was a man. In the fourth place, that means he was not a robot. God didn't make us, put a computer chip in us, and program us to do what he wanted us to do and then control what we do from heaven. We're not robots. And you need to remember that when you say, or maybe just hear somebody else say, God made me this way and I can't help it. Physically speaking, that's the case. I just can't help that God made me good looking. That's, I mean, I can't help that God made me look like this. But as far as my spiritual relationship, my emotional relationship with God, I have some control. I have a vote in that matter because I'm not a robot. We find Joshua saying, choose you this day whom ye will serve. But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. 
God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him, not whosoever God programmed, but whosoever believes on His own what God says and reacts to that. It is important that we understand in this statement, David was a man after God's own heart that he was a man. Not God, not an angel, not an animal, and not a robot. But in the second place, it is said that he was a man after God's own heart. That's a little hard to digest sometimes when we think about the life that David lived. I don't know that there's anybody talked about in the Bible that sinned in what you and I would call big sins. God doesn't classify them like we do. But what we would call big sins, outrageous sins, unusual sins, any more than David. He committed adultery with Bathsheba. And then he tried what so many people try to do today, to prop up one mistake with another mistake. He conspired to have her husband killed, first conspired to have her husband become involved with his wife in a relationship that would indicate that the baby that was going to be born was not David's, but of her husband. He did not go, her husband did not go along with that, and so David sent him back to the front line and sent a note to the one in charge and said, put this man on the front line where he'll be killed. That's what he had in mind, whether he said those specific words or not. I tell you, David committed some of the worst sins that a man could commit. Adultery, murder, conspiracy to murder. And yet, as far as I know, he is the only man in the Bible about whom it is said he was a man after God's own heart. Now tell me why God would say that. Why would God take this man that was a man of blood, a warrior, a king that didn't always do what he should have done, a sinner, a rank sinner in so many ways, and say, this is a man after my own heart? Let's reason a little bit. I believe David was a man after God's own heart when he was a boy. When he was selected as king, it is said, or to be the king, it is said of him that he was ruddy, of a beautiful countenance, and good to look at. He was a specimen of a young man. He was a man after God's own heart. A young man, a boy after God's own heart. When he went to visit with his brothers on this occasion where he eventually would uh, meet Goliath, he did not shirk his responsibility. He left somebody in charge of the sheep that he would have been caring for. He made sure they were taken care of before he went on the trip that his father wanted him to go. He was a young man who was neat and healthy, trustworthy, one who was willing to do his best as a young man, and I think even at that time that there was a sense in which he was a man after God's own heart. I believe his willingness to accept responsibility and not just put it off on somebody else every time indicates that he was a man after God's own heart. One of the things, folks, let me go off on a tangent a moment, 
One of the things that's bringing this country down, in my opinion, is the number of people we have who had rather have somebody hand them something than work to get it. We've got so many people in this nation, and they're like old MacDonald's wife, with a gimme, gimme here and a gimme, gimme there, here, gimme there, gimme everywhere, gimme, gimme. Instead of what can I do about it, what's my responsibility about it, until we come to the point, and this is in the church too, that people accept their own responsibility instead of giving it to somebody else or putting it off on somebody else, we're going to have problems. David accepted responsibility in the court of Saul. He was his armor bearer, and he was able to play the harp and be soothing to Saul. The Bible says on one occasion that he rose up early to take care of the sheep. And when it came for somebody to go out and meet Goliath, David said, I'll do it. And he took with him a sling and five stones and God and was himself, young folks, that we mentioned this morning. You see, Saul said, put my armor on, and he tried it on. He said, it doesn't fit. I'm not accustomed to this. I can't be like you are, Saul. I've got to be me. And with his faith in God and his faith in what he was able to do, he sent that stone to the middle of the giant's forehead and brought him down and cut his head off and saved the people of God on that occasion. He was a man after God's own heart in accepting personal responsibility. But let me tell you why I really think he was a man after God's own heart. There are about three things. One, he had compassion. Men, listen to me. Don't teach your boys that you can't be a man and cry. I hope I never get old enough or hardened enough that I can't shed tears. I like to laugh. But there's sometimes you can't laugh. And when I see people hurting, especially when I see a little child hurting, I can't hold the tears back, and I don't apologize for that. David's baby was sick. He went without food for a long time. He fasted and prayed if perhaps that baby would live. There's the other side of the story. When it died, he said, I can't bring it back. I've got to get up and go on, and he did. But he loved that baby, and he wanted to live. A little later, he had a son by the name of Absalom who rebelled against his father and tried to take David's kingdom from him. You remember the story how Absalom's hair got caught in the tree and he died? And when they came to tell David about it, he didn't ask, is my kingdom safe? He asked, is the young man safe? And the one who brought the message because of some things that happened was punished because he brought the message. David didn't want to hear, my kingdom is safe. He wanted to hear, my son is safe. And he said, oh, Absalom, Absalom, my son, how I would have died in thy stead. I would have gladly died in thy stead. There's a man after God's own heart because God gave his son to die in our stead. And that son did die for us. 
So I think as far as a man with compassion, that David was a man after God's own heart. And if you're not able to feel compassion and have compassion toward people and care for people, especially when they're hurting, you cannot be a man after God's own heart. I think in the second place of these last points that are so important, that he was a man after God's own heart because he was penitent. And let me go back and tie this to a statement I made earlier. God doesn't judge sin as to how big it is or how little it is, but how we treat it, whether we do anything about it. It took a long time for David to realize the seriousness of his sin. In fact, Nathan had to hit him right between the eyes with that little story about the ewe lamb and get David to say, well, anybody to do that ought to be put to death. He said, David, you're the man I'm talking about. Almost immediately, David's countenance fell. When you look at Psalms 32, verse 5, and the entire 51st Psalm, you can almost see tears on the page of your Bible. Where David says in those Psalms, God, I've sinned before Thee. Make me what I ought to be. Help me to overcome this. Help me to be the kind of man that I ought to be. He was penitent. He was sorry for his sins. Some of you that are a little older will remember a movie called Love Story. The theme of that movie was love means never having to say I'm sorry. That's as false as it can be. Love means having the ability to say I'm sorry. Whether it's in the husband-wife relationship, brother-sister relationship, even in the church or in the community, being able to be penitent and say, I'm sorry. David said, I have sinned. The prodigal son said, I have sinned. You won't find this many times in the Bible. It's not easy to get anybody to seriously, humbly say, I have sinned. But David did. And I believe that's why he was a man after God's own heart. And then there is that last part of the statement there in verse 22 of Acts 13. God said, David, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill my will. Did David make mistakes? You betcha. Did he make some serious mistakes? Of course he did. God said, and this is in the New Testament, quote back to the attitude that was there in the Old Testament times. He said, David was a man who's interested in doing my will. He wants to do what's right. And folks, that's the key. We won't always do what's right. We'll make mistakes. I hope not the kind that David made, but we'll make our own mistakes. But as long as we want to do what's right... And we have the same kind of heart in general that God has of wanting what's right. We'll be able to work things out to overcome our mistakes, to receive forgiveness from God, and to go on to live for Him. David was a man, not God, not an angel, not an animal, not a robot. But he was a man after God's own heart. We see it in his youth. We see it in his accepting responsibility as an adult. We see it in his compassion. We see it in his penitence. And we see it in his desire to do what was right. 
And if it worked for David, it'll work for you and for me. Let's stand and sing.